Blog Talk Radio. This is a session which is part of the series titled Wisdom for Happy, Successful Living. This is the first session in that series, Wisdom for Happy, Successful Living. This is an esoteric study of selected parables of Jesus. And since we've used the term esoteric, let us address ourselves to its meaning for a moment. Esoteric indicates inner, inner meaning, spiritual meaning, real meaning. Words and figures are exoteric, outer, external symbols. Esoteric interpretation reveals the inner, real meaning behind the exoteric are outer words and symbols. The first parable that I have selected for our study is the parable of the prodigal son. It is my favorite parable. Also, in his story of the life of Christ, calls it the greatest story ever told, to which I'm in agreement. This parable of the prodigal son, told by Jesus, I call the sweetest story ever told. And since we're talking about parables, let's get a working definition for the word parable. I like the following definition, which I will quote from Dr. Irving Seale's book, Learn to Live. Dr. Seale states, literally, the word parable means a comparison. It is from the Latin parabola, which in turn is from the Greek word which means placing beside, to compare, similitude. Every parable, therefore, is two stories placed side by side, or two meanings thrown beside each other for comparison, unquote. Now, I want to give you my definition of parable. Parable, one story which tells another story. By comparison, another story between the lines of a story, a second story beside the first story. I think that's an interesting definition for parable, and right away I will have to address myself to those who call themselves fundamentalists and insist upon a literal interpretation of the scripture. I'm going to make this statement and never forget it. It is impossible to interpret the Bible literally and get the intended meaning. The Bible itself, and the writer says of Jesus, without a parable spake he not unto them. Now that's interesting. St. Matthew, the 13th chapter, and the 34th verse. All these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables. And without a parable spake he not unto them. Then how in the world are you going to interpret or understand Jesus Christ literally? I mean, how in the world is a whole religious belief system to say we interpret the Bible literally? I mean, professors with doctorate, D.D., with schools and theological cemeteries, I mean seminaries galore, thousands of them, the world over, who will declare we are fundamentalists and we interpret the Bible literally. No wonder they don't know who Jesus is or who they are. 
I just read you the scripture that says of Jesus that he spake to them in a multitude of parables. And without a parable spake he not unto them. And so a parable is what? A two-story story. Now that is good. I've never heard that before. Pretty good, Reverend Ike. Pretty good. So again, I want to make the statement, and it would help a lot of religious people the world over if they would understand the statement which I repeat. It is impossible to interpret the Bible literally and get the intended meaning. Yes, there is a lot of history in the Bible, but history is not the intended purpose of the Bible. All of the personalities and events of the Bible are dramatizations of the working of the consciousness of man. So again, my definition of parable. A parable is one story which tells another story by comparison. A parable is another story between the lines of a story. A parable is a second story beside the first story. A parable is a two-story story. I like that. That's original, by the way, with Reverend Ike. Just hot off of the press. And so now we are about to consider the parable of the prodigal son from the lips of Jesus. The first story in the story of the prodigal son is certainly a beautiful story. As I say, the sweetest story ever told because it is the story of the great love between a father and his son. That's the first story. But if that is as far as you go with the story, if that's all you get, you have missed the real story. You can get a lot of beautiful things out of the Bible, but you must always look for the second story. Now, here is a rule of hermeneutics, which all of the professors at the theological cemetery may or may not approve of. But I say that in all Scripture, there is always a second story. Together, in all Scripture, there is always a second story. And get in the habit, as you study the Scriptures from this point on, of looking for the second story. And unless you get a second story, you have not gotten the story. For example, in the parable of the prodigal son, it's a beautiful story to see the great love between that father and that son. But you've missed it all if you do not go to the second story and understand that this is also the story of how much God loves you, all mankind. As a second story, the parable of the prodigal son is also the revelation of how man gets away from God in his thinking and what happens to man when he gets away from God in his thinking. But it is also the story of how man may come back to God in his thinking and the blessing of man coming back to God in his thinking. The story between the lines. The second story of the first story in the parable of the prodigal son also identifies the father's house as man's true consciousness of God. 
And unless you get that second story behind the first story, or beside the first story, you have really missed the whole story. As a matter of fact, all of life is a two-story story. And when you come to understand that even your life is a two-story story, then you can get a handle on your life. You see, because the outer story or the outer experience of your life is only a projection of the thinking story that's going on in your mind. Your experience is not the real story of your life. Your thinking is the real story. That's where the real happening happens in your mind. Now, to the sweetest story ever told. The parable of the prodigal son from the lips of Jesus Christ from St. Luke, the 15th chapter, the 11th through the 32nd verses. And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took a journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell upon his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it. Let us eat, and be merry. Now his eldest son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants, and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore came his father out, and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, I have served thee these many years. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. 
But soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead, and is alive again, and was lost, and is found. The sweetest story ever told. We have the first story now. Let's consider the second story of the story, the esoteric meaning, the inner meaning, the meaning beside the meaning. Let us get now a working definition of the term prodigal son. You will be defining the prodigal son's state of consciousness in several different ways as we consider this study. Prodigal son is, first of all, a state of consciousness. And prodigal son is every man who is away from the consciousness of his true relationship with God. Prodigal son is every man who is away from the consciousness of his identity, his oneness with God. Prodigal son is he that is afar off from God in consciousness, uh, in his thinking. Because it is only in erroneous thinking that man can be away from God. Actually, man can never be away from God. Not in actuality, but in erroneous thinking, man can wander away from God. And unfortunately, the mass of mankind is away from God in thinking. Anyone who thinks or believes that he is someone or something separate from God is a prodigal son. And religion makes more prodigal sons than perhaps anything else in the universe. Because religion has taught man that God is one thing and he is another. I'm going to be repetitious purposely and redundant purposely because there are certain ideas that I want to impress vividly upon your subconscious mind. Man can never actually be apart from God. The worst so-called sinner is not actually apart from God. He is apart from God in his false belief, in his erroneous thinking. And because he thinks Protect your temple with the Solomon's Temple. Hey, peace, peace. What's going on? Hey, peace. What's going on? How's everything? Everything going good, brother. How's everything going with you? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything's excellent. Huh? I said everything's excellent. Can't complain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah man. Real life, you know it. Huh? Yeah, man. It's all about these thoughts. It's like Reverend Knight said. Yeah. Everybody yeah, yeah. fighting over the vaccines. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this Cut this out. Huh? You stay, you stay positive in this thing. You gonna mm-hmm. win. You know that's 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 part of the game right now. Mm. 
and positive in the midst of this storm. Mm. Yeah, that's the that's that's the hard part for some people. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah that's that's the positive side, though. You know. And yeah. and, and you know, and and it seems like every week. They tell somebody to dance, and then they dance. You know what I'm saying? And who you think is not going to do it, don't do it. I was, um, I was, I was listening to, um, I watched Dave Chappelle's special yesterday. And, um, I said, uh, I told myself, I say, he doing, we got him doing a big old special, you know. I said, watch it, his butt, say he took the vaccine. <laughs> and sure enough, he said he took it. Really? You know? Yeah, man. I watched it yesterday. You know, and I said, I said that's why they got his ass. The big special coming out now. Now I done heard this is comedian Lavelle Crawford. Mhm. He he got a good show. It's so funny. Mhm. Now I would expect I would expect his four hundred pound butt to say go take it, but he was saying the real. And even though Dave Chappelle was bashing this gay agenda, he still submitted to this vaccine thing, you see. And I would expect him to to, to do it with LaVera Crawford that did. But see, LaVera Crawford ain't that big. He, he, he big in our community, but he ain't big. You know what I'm saying? And um, even though Dave Chappelle said that he felt like he made a bad decision, but he didn't—he didn't say nothing else about it. You see what I'm saying? You know. And I don't think he took it, but they needed him to say that. Just like they had LeBron doing the same thing. You know, I know that. I know, man, ain't nobody. Ain't none, ain't none of them taking that shit. Mm-mm. But you, I knew LeBron was going to do it because he got the biggest bully tattoo that I ever saw in my whole life. Yeah, I just started looking <laughs> into that uh, that bully stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I've been hearing a lot about that. That's well, they got to show that... out. But yeah, go ahead. Show, they got to show out now. About um, the elite black people. They got the, another show. They had another show. I forgot the name of. It. They had another one on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And they got one with. I'm not familiar with this name of this one either. With Omar Epps. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, with 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 Morris Chestnut. About it. and they even said on the show. I'm in the Jack and Jill Club. 
I watched one episode of it. Wow. And there's another show about the, the elite black people. You know. Because, um, man, I know from shit, there's some people with some money. There's some black people with some money. I done met a lot of them. I'm talking mm-hmm. about big money. Money like celebrities, but they ain't celebrities. And they black. And they family ain't kids ain't in sports. Hmm. You know, should I work with some um, man prominent, um, you know, well known, big money family? Hmm. Uh, you know, you don't know how rich they really are, but you know they they rich. <laughs> they got something, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, and it, and it ain't and it's more than just over the million dollar threshold too. You know. Hmm. And money that that you know that they was born into, you know, um, the ones I know. I ain't gonna say that, but she does. <laughs> <laughs> they got a bunch of money. Cause if I say that, then people will know who I'm talking. About. They got bread, right. you know. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. yeah, yeah, So, uh, somebody sent me a video last week about that, and um, mm-hmm. and um, they was showing all of these. They was going way back, like to like oh. Uh, a lot of these well-known people, like Martin Luther King, um, was the other guy. Oh, man, I can't think of the names, but how they send these people in. Actually, the main goal was to get them to to accept different terms, like oh, being a oh, being oh, you know getting us to accept the terms of uh, being a black African-American. You know, they, when they started changing, because, you know, what I've discovered that we were always here, we didn't come from Africa. Most of us didn't. And um, when they wanted to get us to not know who we really were, they sent in these so-called people that look like us to start creating these new terms. One of the latest terms, as of late, was Jesse Jackson started calling us African-Americans. You know? Wow. Yeah, because he was the one who coined that term. He coined that term. Yep. Wow. That that clown actually did something in his turn, other than Mm -hmm. that. Well, you know, he was also also instrumental in um, the assassination of Martin Luther King. Yep. You know. Something else that the clown did. Well, I'm talking about he coined the term. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely had him to part of that. Definitely the Judas. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, you had went up. 
Yeah, and they, they keep cutting his line off, man. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, man. Every time, it just the line just cut off. I I called in. They did it twice already, man. Wow. Like I direct them back in, and then it just cut off. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I just just started doing that. Um, while you were talking, did it twice. I just you didn't know. I just had to keep jumping back on. But um, there's something that came out about Martin Luther King's death that um, he was alive when he went to the hospital and the doctor smothered him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah that, man. That, that, I, oh, that, that lawyer talk about that. Like, yeah, no, that that was shocking. Was it? I know, yeah. right? You, you right. know, this day and age, you don't know what's true, what's not with this stuff. You know, you, you know. And the sad That's part the, about it, we got yeah. nobody out there like trying to push the agenda to make it make set the record straight. They're right. pushing. Marches and stuff like that, but like really pushing the agenda? No, there's nothing. But you know? with trip about what you said is that nobody kills these people. Nobody does nothing. Mm-mm. Nobody makes himself. Nobody nope. busts a gun. Nobody sends nobody. Nobody sends nobody out. It, 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 it just really tripped me out. This, I mean, but in the damn hood. If you kill a damn nigga, they're going to get your ass. Mm-hmm. Somebody get you. You know, um, they're going to they gonna get you. Even your boys do a drive-by. In fact, them boys still fighting for a death. You look at it, even though I know the Crips and Blood is a government thing, but if you look at it, them boys still fighting over Everybody want their payback mm-hmm. for something that happened. So and then you kill their mama, they you kill their boy, and then they kill their boy, and then they kill their boy. Everybody want that get that even mm-hmm. until it just turns mm-hmm. into what you got. What you got mm-hmm. to the point where even the um the so called Jews, so called um. You know them, them. You know them. The mixed people in the Middle East is fighting. Mm-hmm. They, the whole story made up, but they're still fighting each other. Nobody has said, "Hey, let's just stop this." You didn't kill a thousand millions and millions of hours. Actually, billions of hours. We didn't kill this many of yours over this this length of time. Mm-hmm. But that's how. Hello? Until the week, until the weaker one decides that hey, you know, and I get it, but then I don't get it, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you don't want the karma thing to keep coming up, but shit, I'd be damned if I'm be the first to buy my goddamn knee. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I get both sides. Mm-hmm. 
I get the thing that, you know, to, but then I just, nah, man, not on my motherfucking clock. You know? Mm. You ain't gonna kill mine and just, just walk around and just be cool. You know, because you got, you got the, the Jesse Killer, he did. You got Muslims. Another the, the um Abenaki preacher they say he was involved in it, according to Dick Gregory. Ain't nothing happened to him either. Right. You know. And so it's like when does it stop? I mean when does you know the um and all them people, you had a mean people march. And George Floyd's celebrity. I mean, uh, George Zimmerman's celebrity. And even if, you know, I know some people say, and I don't know, but I've heard that, that it wasn't real. Okay, if it, if it ain't real. They say it ain't real. What they said, what wasn't real? The George Jimison thing? Yeah, that's, you know what I'm saying? Even if it's real or not. You know, I heard Dick Gregory say that they didn't kill um, Tavon. They say they didn't. Yeah, I heard him say that too. You know, you know, you never know what's going on, man. I don't know. Sometimes I like Dick Gregory, and sometimes I think he works for them too. <laughs> you know? Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. You know, Cause, 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 right. Because how you know so much, it ain't nobody. But it's like, but at the end of the day, though, well, it's real or fake. Nobody, and for people to be so terribly upset, you mean tell me not one gangster that's gonna would kill somebody anyway. Still don't touch him. That's the only point I'm making. You know. It just show you that there's something else happening. You know. Mm. And these these guys the dude that killed all them people that killed Michael Max, like they had a government agent do a movie on who really killed um Michael Max. Mm. And I know it was a government agent because there ain't no way. I, ain't, I thought, it, you know, ain't no way all these people know who killed Michael Max. And they, this man is a prominent man in the hood. Not one person say nothing about it. And when the man did documentary, this was man's funeral. It was, the timing was too perfect. Mm-hmm. How you go confront the man to kill Michael Max, right? And then when you get ready to go confront him, you go to the door and they say this man just died. Don't make sense. Ain't that much coincidence <laughs> in the earth. It's like they got the show on Netflix. He said, well, I'm going to go confront him. And he goes through and everybody in the neighborhood is like, yeah, yeah, we know. Yeah, we know he killed. Um, he's the real shooter. The man died, mm-hmm. the old man. Play us on all levels, man. Yeah, 
it just, it just goes to show. And see, man, that's why I say, man, that Lavelle Crawford thing is official. I like it. It's funny, but he got points. And it's funny points. Um, I would expect Dave Chappelle had did better than that to talk on some real points. Then then say nothing about what's going on in this world other than he took the shot and um you know he, he immediately got wife, you know that right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he immediately yeah. felt like he Yeah, but he just talked about the the transsexuals and the gays. I mean he talked about them for Literally for the whole, almost for the whole, he went in on them. I mean, really, that's what the show was really about. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was the buck of the show. I've never seen nobody go that hard on the gay agenda. And it needed, the gay agenda needed to be addressed, you know? Yeah. It's not the thing pressing our society right now. Well, you know. In our community, our 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 relationships with our women is the biggest problem. That's the that's the biggest problem. Um, problem is we don't have um, you know, our women think they're better than us. They think they better. They act as such. They act that way. They, you know, mm-hmm. they, they act as if we are not even human at times. Because some of the things that I see women do to some of these men, you mm-hmm. have to have no, no feeling in your heart to watch a man not even be able to buy food because they're taking all of his money. Right. You know what I'm saying? This is the mm-hmm. father of your children. And just this on a, on the light of how they you just they just watch the man go off to jail with off their lies, right? You lie and say that he did something when he didn't, and just sit back and let it go, like and, and won't even step forward and say you was wrong. That's right, and that happens all the time. You know, how many brothers doing time in jail right now because, um, of a lie. I've been down that right. road, you That's know, right. just a simple, just a lie, and won't come back and set the record straight, knowing that right. lie. That that you have to, in order to, to to act like that, you have to have some degree, or some in your mind, you have to look at that other person as not human, or not like you, right. or below you, right. Because if you identify with that individual, you wouldn't do that. Like, just think about it. No matter how depraved a woman acts, um, especially a black woman, I don't care what level that woman is on, they always come to the defense of these trifling women. They, that's right. Why? Because they look at them as one of them. They, they, they're human. Somebody that needs sympathy and compassion. But when it comes to us, they don't have that same feeling. Right. We're almost like the enemy. It, it, so you it, have to have a lowered uh, form of 
you, you, you cannot have a compassion for a being and allow that person to suffer, no matter what they did. Right. Because that's right. These women watch other women just do trifling, trifling behavior. The other day, I saw a woman walking with a little child with her butt hanging out. You know how they cut the jeans up and half of bottom part of her butt hanging out. She's walking with a toddler. Now, I'm with my lady, and I'm saying, I'm like, that's 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 ridiculous. I said, this is what she's teaching her child to look like. Yes, now, right. she did, she agreed with me, but I could still see it, see the pullback. They're not she wouldn't really go in on it like I was doing. They, that's right. They will not talk bad about each other. I, 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 now that, right. That's a fact you just said. Yes, sir. <laughs> she would not they go would not, in like I was going in. I said that was disgraceful. I was calling it what it was. Like, that's disgraceful. You should not be raising a child. And walking around with your child like that. This was like a two-year-old. This wasn't a, you know, it's a little baby, crying type baby, you know. And she's just walking like that was normal. This is what her daughter is witnessing. That's right. The little girl. She was like, yeah, you like that. But she wouldn't go hard. Won't now, go if hard. I was talking about a man like that. Thank you. Thank you. They Thank would you. jump right in and be you know what I'm saying? Them. That's right. Right. Now, so what you're what saying, saying is a universal is... thing. Yes, sir. Huh? Yes, sir. What you're saying is a lot of people have, have, have not observed what you're saying. This is a fact right. that you're saying. I've, you don't hear women. I don't care who the woman is. They will not. They'll say, they oh, not. that's not good. But then they'll, they, the conversation will stop. They won't go in. Won't go in. You know. You see what I'm saying? And really, I don't, and this is why this this and this is this is a fact. I don't care if nobody say what I'm about to say. That the, the, the I'm sorry, our women are down. They going they going down, and they, I don't see them coming back from it. Yeah, what's going to happen is a new breed of women going to come in and take their place, and they're going to be worse than them. <laughs> they gonna, because when I was at this, this, this thing. When I when I was at the oh when I was at the, the, the thing walking around, there was a bunch of women walking around here, right? And mm-hmm. I couldn't feel any feminine energy coming out off of these women. None. I saw them that you know, some of them was attractive, but it was did nothing. Nothing for me. And most of the place was filled with our sisters. No femininity in the air. Now, I now a lot of, I was with. Yeah, but shit. A lot of them a lot of them girls that they are like that they don't have no few feminine to be the most sexual. They don't mean they ain't go for right. a man either. They, they, no, they, no, they, no, they, no, that's they, they'll do that, yeah. Mhm. You right about that, but I'm just saying Yeah, but they, but, but they but, but they wanna they wanna be in charge. Right. Mhm. Now, now you know, man. I have I have observed this many many times. What you just said, from mm-hmm. uh, like when I talk with my cousins and my family members, and I make points. 
But then I've I've did this and I've pointed this out in front of them just to prove this to them. And then I say something just to say something about a man. I just say it. Just, just to hear them slam them. I say, wait a minute, time out. Why are y'all get quiet when I said that about that about the sister? But then when I just said something about the man, y'all go in on it. I say now mm-hmm. I was not sorry, man. Men would, would would speak on the nigga that do something wrong to a sister. They would speak on it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they would say, yeah, that man ain't shit. But what I get from the sister is excuses, apologizing for that woman. She must be going yep. through something. Mm-hmm. Um, she must be going through something. Can you hear me? I, I, I was watching the movie where the girl was, the Omar Epps movie. It was like me and my me and some of my family and some of my cousins, my sister law, all of them. And um, it's a movie where this his wife slept with this man, and we come in at long time. She had a one night stand with the man, and all of them immediately started saying. The, but the fucked up thing about it is, at the end, the the man was the perfect man. And I say I told y'all, I told y'all that girl just fucked that motherfucker just to do it. <laughs> and oh, he must, he he must not be happy or something. I said no, she just wanted to sleep with the man. It wasn't a real movie, but it was still them defending him. They were defending her in the movie, right? Why she can't just be a hoe? <laughs> Right, and I'm not mad at that. I'm just saying excuses and deflection, excuses and deflection, and 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 redirecting your attention from the facts. And that's why I say I have we we are not going to get anywhere until they reconcile. And mm-hmm. I don't see that happening anytime soon. And you can't continue to, right? You can't continue to behave a certain way and expect like things are just going to fall back into place. You got to reconcile. Everything is a re- reconciliation. Now, for now, every taking you got to give. For every give you got to take. Mm-hmm. Now I learned something from this, this this woman. I've been saying this. Another thing I've been saying for a long time, I say I've never heard a woman apologize ever when they was wrong. Mm-hmm. They did not apologize when they was wrong. So I had this female client that came, and I was doing a spiritual work, and 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 the the card show. All she got to do is apologize. Now now if he come in and tell this bullshit story. And I don't care what the issue is, but the point is, she was wrong. I'm going to help you. It don't matter if you're right or wrong. But you're going to have to learn your lesson in, the, in what you did. So, yeah. man, this this girl cut her sister face up. Mm-hmm. Cut it up. Yes. They got into it about, about something, and she took a razor and sliced her face up. So, um... I was doing the spiritual work, and they were supposed to go to court like a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And 
it was he he you know people are gonna always turn the story so they don't look like the bad person. That's expected, right? So some justification on why she cut the sister face up. There ain't no justification for that. And and, and, and she it's said that all her family, all her family mad at her, and they all going to court, and she's you know what I'm saying a lot of trouble with it. So I said the court show. I said, hey, what you guys do is apologize to your sister. Well, see, her face is disfigured. They had to put stitches. And she showed me pictures of her sister. I'm like, dang, that girl was so pretty. She's still pretty, but it's like, when them scars here, you just don't know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be there forever. That's all of them had at her. And I was like, why you had to cut her? Why you couldn't just find her? And so all of them pushed all them pushing her, the, the sister, you know, and it's like her mama, everybody turned against her. And they should be mad at her. And um, it, it messed up the family event. And I said, why you couldn't just fight her? Why you couldn't scratch it with your nails? Why you? Why I had to go to that extent? So mm-hmm. I agree with you, the jealousy thing. And the car mm-hmm. said, all you got to do is apologize. She says he's not apologizing. And I asked her. I say, you see what these cards show. If you apologize and be sincere, they'll drop the seat. You, they won't, they, you know what I'm saying? She's not going to show, and you'll disobey. You'll win. Mm-hmm. Guess what? She says, so I have to say, why are you not apologizing? And guess what she said? She said, because it'll make me look weak. I said, damn. And I looked at her, and I said, you know what? I, I appreciate you. Solving a mystery, I'm trying to figure out why no woman will apologize. And I said, "How the fuck that make you look weak?" I said, "Nigga, I said men apologize all the time." I said, "So what you saying is that in woman society, when we say, oh, baby, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do what I did,' and we don't do it, we another girl, we will say we sorry." I said, "So in their mind." They see us as weak for apologizing. I don't see nothing wrong with if you're wrong, you're wrong. You know. Actually, they're the weak ones. Right. They're the weak ones. See, they got it back with see what they believe is not fact. Meaning, the way they assess that it makes you look weak if you apologize. No, it's you. You're weak if you can't apologize when you're wrong. You're the weak one. Right. See, they're right. operating in their image of what's true of their real nature. Right. See, just like the world is a mirror image, meaning it's opposite of the way it's supposed to be, that's why mm-hmm. they're on the decline, because they operate in mirror image, meaning they are the ones that are creating the chaos that we're living in. Mm-hmm. Think, think about it. <laughs> We don't control that like chaos. That's the right. Three generations. They have had control of the home as the provider, the leaders in the home. And look what, what we got. That's right. I don't care what nobody could be mad at me on me once. You know, they have disenfranchised the man from the home. I've seen plenty of instances where God want to be a part of the child's life and the mother makes it give him hell over it. Right. These are 
She's an odd. I'm not making this up. Our sisters are the number one single mom in the in the country. In the country. Meaning they are not married. They're having sex. Like you said, they will have sex. They're not having children. I mean, they're having children, but they're not having partners. They don't have the fathers in the home, just, you know, you know, two-town home. They don't have that. But have the most children. Right. That's right. What is that all about? You're only having children for economic stability. Right. <laughs> That's it. You're not having right. children for... Uh, because you want a man to be there and y'all raise him as a family, having children to for your own survival. So basically, you That's really right. don't care about the children. You're looking out for you, so you don't have to work as hard, and you get a check coming in to help with the kids. So you can live off that check too, right? And that that system is being that's a system that they got. And it's being passed down, generation to generation, generation to generation. And then the ones that are not having the children for economic stability, what they think is economic stability, you got the ones that are the educated ones. Mm-hmm. I think the education is the system is the husband, which is their education, and they don't need a man. But they're still having sex and having children. That's right. Right? So right. then they take that man, he go to child, same thing. He right there. Yeah, I need the money. And I I, I, give, I know women respectable. You would think they was respectable, and I still believe to a degree that they're respectable. But when it comes to uh, keeping a family together, they will leave a family all because of stuff like we didn't have good communication. Right. Something stupid as hell. Just right. stupid. That, that, now, I've, I've had, this is two women, don't know each other. And I asked, okay, what happened? Well, you know, we had communication problems, and I need more than that. I need more than this, and I need this. This entitlement attitude, right? And I said, well, was he abusive? No. Was he a good provider? Yes. Do you mean to tell me you didn't have to work and he was doing all this stuff and you still needed more? All of that wasn't enough? You couldn't work That's with the right. communication part? I said, you act like this man was taught how to communicate. Was you taught how to be a wife? No. That's right. Well, he wasn't taught how to communicate. But he had one of the biggest things you need, stability of finances, where you didn't have to work. That's right. Me, if you get getting that right there, Everything else could be worked on. But money ain't everything. I said, well, I can see that. I said, I see you believe that. And here you are right now. You have to pay your own bills because kids don't stay young forever. Now you're by yourself looking for somebody to communicate with. And now at this stage, at your age, you'll take anything now. That's right. You'll take one night stand. You'll take a few weeks, a month, or six months. You'll take anything now because now your youth is gone. You ain't no young girl no more. That's right. <laughs> you had before, and look at what you've been running to since you left your husband and traded in child support for a family 
and and see what you what you do it differently. Stop the tracks when I put it down on the table. I said, see, see, the That's problem right. is you're too close to the situation, and and after when you was young, no one could tell you anything and tell you that ten years from now you're going to be still single. Kids be grown, no more child support. Now you're just looking at yourself. Looking on these little date naps, looking for somebody to be with. When you had right. somebody, and they said, "You know, I told, yeah, he's still a good dog. We communicate. I said, you need to go back to him and apologize. Mm-hmm. Go back. Nah, nah. If they still find an excuse, still find an excuse. Because if you tell me that the man did his job as a man, support." And, and took care of his family and did everything that he needed to do as a man. And the only thing y'all That's had right. was he wasn't a com- good communicator. I'm telling you, that was something y'all could work on. Because <laughs> right. you're not going to find – I said, have you found anybody since him that was able to help you stop working? Well, you could just stay home if you wanted to. No, not really, because not a minute. You know, I had children. They didn't want to take on that responsibility. I said, my point exactly. That's my point. I said, I'm not coming in to fill that role. You ain't got enough. I ain't, you ain't got enough time invested that I would come in and just make right. you sit you home. <laughs> I don't see the value in that with you, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I said, that's how we. And I said. Y'all can get mad at how we assess relationships all you want. That's just how we do. We got to see the value to do something like that. That's right. Go out there and basically be a slave and let you stay home. And, you know, okay, you're working and you're taking care of the home and everything, but at the end of the day, what you're doing at home is not bringing in money. I'm, the money, I'm out there actually bringing in the money that pays the bills to keep the roof over the head, keep the cars mm-hmm. in the driveway. <laughs> That's work. You know what I'm saying? We are living in a situation as, a, as men, we got to make a decision. We have to make a strong decision. Because they said, well, right. help them out, help, you know, work with them. We ain't got time to work with that, that kind of foolishness no more. We really don't. Right. Like if I have a young son, say, listen, you see a woman like that, run. Go to someone that's going to work with you, whoever she is. Right. You got to carry your seed, meaning you got to carry your legacy. So you got to find a woman you can work with to carry that legacy. And you got to find whoever that is. That's right. And that's where we're at. That's where we at. We don't have time to bring these crazy people up to speed anymore. Right. It's that critical. <laughs> we don't have it. You got to go get with the one that, okay. Now, I got to admit, I did I did have a woman apologize. You know, the woman I'm with now, she's apologized more than once. Hey. But but I can tell you it, was, it wasn't easy. You know, it was. That was a uh, big deal. Right? You know what I'm saying? A big deal. Yeah, it wasn't easy, but it also came with, <laughs> well, what about you? You know, I had to get some, some I had to be jumping in there somehow. It, took me, it wasn't like a an apology 
and that was it. It was an apology, but, you know, you did this and you did this. I had to come in there. And I get what you're saying. With it, it, it makes them look weak. They don't. They never want to look like they're weak. And I'm like, no, that makes you look strong, and you get more respect when you apologize honestly. Nobody is looking to make you uh, feel bad. But at the same time, if you do something that's irresponsible, that's that offends somebody, you should be able to apologize. You know, I don't have a problem apologizing with anybody. Hey, actually, it frees you when you do that. To free in the queue. All right, brother. I know you got to go. We got a couple of minutes, so let them know where you are. All right. Hey, you got to keep a. If <laughs> you did that, that's that, that's 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 powerful, right there, Todd. Um, we on mm-hmm. um, Columbus, South Carolina, seventy two zero one Park Lane Road, Solomon's Temple. And that number is eight zero three six one eight nine four five. Call us for you. For your detox or your, your spiritual reading, and we we got we got tons and tons of herbs and crystals. Right. All right. Now, now on the apology thing, last thing, I think yeah. when we make mistakes as men, we buckle and don't hold them accountable. Yeah. And just just go ahead and just move past. We afraid libelous afraid of losing them. You already lost them if you got they acting like that anyway. You you got to hold them accountable, just like they want to hold you accountable. Got to hold them accountable. Nah, you you fucked up. Sorry, ain't no you know titty kick kick 